We're doing this series now called Unstuck, all right? So who's ever been stuck in life before? All right, and uh, if you're here with us in Michigan, you can literally get stuck out there in the parking lot this morning. We're, we're uh, talking about getting stuck in a lot of different areas, and today we want to talk about um, when we get stuck in our personal relationships and family relationships. So who's ever had some sticky situations in the family before? All right. So I think we'll find something appropriate. And we're going to also continue following the life of Abraham. And so he's a foundational character in the Bible. He's, a, he's the founder of the Jewish faith, the Jewish nation. And of course, um, out of the Jewish faith and nation is... Uh, Christ. And so knowing the life and the story of Abraham is also just a great thing to kind of put in your tool belt for the future. Before we dive in, I want to read some scripture. I want to welcome some of the uh, online community. Of course, all of our Orchard Grove family who's watching online wherever they are, locally, um, and some growing family around the country. So just randomly a few places. Birmingham, Alabama, um, in Colorado, Atlanta, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, um, around Michigan, Mount Pleasant, and uh, Sault Ste. Marie, up in the Sioux, all right? Charlotte, North Carolina, Chatham, Ontario. Uh, I'll probably mess this up. Uh, Richard, you can help me. Twickingham in the UK. Did I do that? Did I mess that? I did okay? All right. And uh, Columbia, Tennessee, Plano, Texas, and of course all over Michigan. So let's welcome all of our online family. You guys are glad to have you today. All right. Um, Abraham and his, uh, his life provides several, several sticky situations. And if, if, if I could do just a quick review, so Abraham's left Ur, he feels this calling, he hears this voice in Genesis 12, to go to a land, a land that I will show you. Leave your father's land, leave your father's nation behind, and I'm going to bless you, Abraham. I'm going to make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and the whole earth will be blessed through you. This is his calling. He does come to the, the, the land of Canaan, and then he finds himself in a famine, and then he goes to Egypt, and that's what we studied last week, and then he comes back out of Egypt. And then things are going well, and as we learned, he became very wealthy. One of the uh, characters that's followed along subtly in the story is his nephew, Lot. So Abraham's brother died at a young age, and Abraham took his son in. His son was Lot. So this is his nephew. And Abraham didn't, or Abram, at his name is at the time, didn't have any children. And so young Lot, we don't really know the exact age, but you can picture him very young. Ab- Abram taking him under his wing, caring for him, and taking him on all of these journeys. Now he comes back, and Abram's become quite wealthy, and Lot seems to be like he's growing up, becoming a young man, and getting some flocks and some, um, uh, some responsibility of his own. Let's read a little bit of the story 
together. Um, Abram went up, and then it says, Now Lot was moving around with Abram, and he also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them when they stayed together, for their possessions were so great, right? And so it was like you had Abraham and you had all of his kind of growing empire, his wealth and his, his flocks and everything. And then you had young Lot coming up and he started to have his own set of flocks. And there wasn't enough land. It, it just wasn't working. And then it says, uh, their quarreling arose between Abram herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. So now they start to have some tension. Evidently, these guys have become sort of businessmen, and they have, they have herdsmen, people that take care of their flocks. And they started to quarrel with each other. And so Abraham does something. Abram says to Lot, um, look, let's not have quarreling between us. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you choose the left, I'll go to the right. And he finds himself in a sticky situation where, man, you know, he, here is this young kid who he took under his wing and he, he cared for him. And, um, you know, everybody here knows if you've had to care for someone, it's a lot of work. Is that an understatement of the day? It's just a lot of work. And all the things that you do for them, they, they never realize, they never recognize. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And parents just do things for their children, just do them. And I went to visit my mom this week, and I think every time I go there, she kicks into mom mode. Now I'm north of 50. I don't need her to do anything for me. Is this understood? Like, I really don't need her to make me lunch. But how many know what I'm talking about? She kicks into mom mode, and I've got to do this for you and do that for you. And, of course, I try to not take too much advantage, although I probably take a little bit. And then I try to do for her. But the reality is, once you start caring for someone else, you realize how much they've done for you. How much they've done for you. So Abram's done so much for Lot. And now there's this unfortunate tension that has come up. And you can feel the tension, like you're caught. What do I do? Um, the other day, I was, when I was down visiting my mom, we were, we were crossing the road, and, and Vicky had Charlie in the stroller, and there was this elderly lady, and I'm lit, I am literally a pastor helping old ladies across the street. All right, big pat on the back for me, right? But she needs help getting across the street. And so um, she says to us, she has a walker, and she says, she has a little dog, and she has her walker, and she says, is it safe to cross here? And there's, there's a parking lot right here. There's a busy road here. And I, I didn't know what here meant, and I just said, here, let me get you across, right? Because she had to get to this building over here. So we had to cross over this parking lot and then get across this busy street. And so we start. And I learned she's from Scotland, and she's still got an accent. And we start talking about life, and it's a long, slow walk across these two things here. So we got to know each other a bit. And then as she's uh, crossing the second street, um, she, uh, I realized that she didn't need to get in this building, but she needed to get in this building, so we have to cross one more street. And I said, well, let me help you across this one here. And because 
She was okay with her walker, but then all of a sudden her dog sat down, wouldn't go. And it's a little dog, and she pulled on his collar, and the collar came off. And then the dog, you know, and she panicked because there's these cars and there's her dog, and she's trying to chase her dog with her stroller, all right? So um, now I'm feeling really caught. Do I save her? Do I go for the dog? You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, does anybody know what I'm saying? Like, she's, but she is, she's not thinking about her safety now. She's just thinking about her dog, and she goes into rescue mode. So I reached for the dog. The dog wasn't having it. started growling, one of these little guys, you know, he started growling at me. I made it worse unintentionally, and the dog started running, right? So all I could do was just follow her, because she was going to chase the dog, you know, and I, I followed her around. Thankfully, the dog makes his way over to her apartment building, and I'm like, okay, is this okay? We get across the other street. The dog's there. Everything's good, and then the dog darts underneath the truck, right? That's unloading there, and so I'm, I'm stuck. I want to get the dog who's going to bite me, and, and run. I want to protect her, and I'm trying to get the driver's attention. Don't move that. Is anybody known? Anybody ever been stuck before? And um, so you're in these situations, and you feel like if I go this, there's tough consequences. If I do this, there's bad consequences. This is what I'm talking about stuck. Abram is stuck. You ever been stuck in relationship decisions? And it feels like, I don't know. I'm not sure how this is going to come out well, but here's what I'd just like to say when we get stuck. There was quarreling. Things were starting um, not to go right. And here's the first thing that I think we can extract from this story, and that's do your best to get the strife out of your life. The strife, the quarreling. As soon as the quarreling comes, Abram goes to Lot directly and says, look, we shouldn't quarrel. We shouldn't let this go too far. So the reason I'm saying is I think sometimes what happens is people get the idea that quarreling and fighting is just a part of life. Now, let me be honest. I quarrel. All right, I put my cards on the table. I get in arguments, all right? I, all the above, all right? I'm not immune to this. It's not immune. I'm aware that that's a part of life, okay? Are you guys leaving? Or is it okay that I said that? I suppose you guys do too, anyone being honest today. So it's a part of life, but it shouldn't be a pattern of life. And there's a difference. That is to say, some people, just fighting and quarreling is just what they do every single day. It's a pattern of life. It's a part that is because we disagree. We're going to disagree about things. We care about things. We're, we're immature at times. We're human. We're hungry. All the above, these happen and we get into quarrels. But patterns, sometimes people get this idea that this is just how it is. Yelling and fighting. And I I would just like to say, I don't think it has to be that way. I think that there are ways that you can look at your life that, yes, it's going to be a part, but maybe when it comes to quarreling, you go at these issues early. That's what I took from the story. You get the quarreling, you get the sense that something was wrong, and Abram goes to Lot in verse 8, let's not have quarreling between you and me or your herdsmen and mine, for we are Brothers, it says. We're brothers. Let's just not do it. 
You know, um, professionals say this. One of the things that perhaps we should do when we feel quarreling is we, we should get at this stuff early. Early. Um, otherwise, we have the, the, what they call the stew and brew technique. Do you know the stew and brew technique? I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to say anything about it. And all you're saying is you're saying it to yourself. That person is such a this, and I, I can't believe they're doing that. And they don't say anything, and what's happening? Stoking the fires down in here. And patting yourself on the back for being so good about it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And in here, you're just stoking the fire. And what you're saying is I'm just building up ammunition so I can, when I get my chance, I'm going to unload like a machine gun on this person. This is, right, stew on it, brew on it. And you're not dealing with it. And so you, you think by delaying, and what it does is it just builds and it mounts. And we should, and I could say this from a family I grew up in, to be honest, I didn't talk about stuff. Anybody grow up in a family like mine? We don't talk about our problems. My grandma was telling me, uh, this is so true. You know, we always want to, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to talk about here. Everything's fine. My grandma was telling me so much so. I'm sure it's part of her stock. And then you just learn these things, right, generationally. Everything's fine in this family. My grandma told me the other day that we're traveling down to Florida. They went on family vacation when my dad and his siblings were all children take them down to Florida, and they were very poor, you know, so you'd wash your laundry in the, uh, in the uh, hotel where you, where you stayed, and then you would hang it out the car on the freeway to dry it, you know, <laughs> washing the sink, and you'd dry it. But so much pride Grandma had that you weren't allowed to hold it out the window when another car was passing. Now, that takes a long time to dry it, and every time a car comes on the freeway, you have to pass it, because somehow they're going to know you, does this make sense to anyone? Does it make sense that it doesn't make any sense? That somehow this person's going to judge us who's going 60 miles an hour that way and you're going 60 miles an hour this way? But this is how these, thi- these, how these things work. And no, we're a proud family. No, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it. And the first thing, Abraham, let's discuss it. Let's get this out. There's quarreling. I heard about it. This is the sit-down. This is the eye-to-eye. This is the uncomfortable part. But he just says, let's just talk about this. I don't want this to come between us. You know, they say the more you talk about things, the better your relationship is. It sounds simple. The more you talk about things, the better your relationship is. But a lot of times we wait until it's at a certain level. And then a lot of toxic things can happen. In fact, they did, a, they did a study, University of Alberta. In the study, they showed that couples have better relationships if they talk about their chores, all right? Or if they split their chores, if they share them, if they, if they uh, take turns doing all these things, that's better. But what we tend to do is... Someone leaves their stuff in the sink, and you, you get mad. I'm not going to say anything right now. And it builds, and it builds, and it builds. Talk about things. Talk about money. 
Talk about time. Talk about our calendars. I mean, is this as real and simple as it gets? If you look at the problems that we have, a lot of times it's just because we don't address them. And here's the thing. I've always said this for years. You don't talk about your money problems when the big fat visa bill comes and you're steaming. It's not when you talk about it. You talk about it when you're what? Calm. What's our plan going to be? How do we address this? In other words, having regular conversation. Conversation is the tenor of what Abraham and Lot have. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's not stew and brew. And when you do and things happen, the pros say, take a deep breath. Ready? Take a deep breath. One, two, three. I want to say this. Take a deep breath. And then take one deeper. Abram and Lot. Now, Lot is like a son to Abram. Abram doesn't have any children yet. This is, the, this is his kid. Lot doesn't have a dad. This is also a father-son tension. This is a difficulty parent-child relationship. This could be a mentor-mentee breakup or a business partnership where, hey, I sponsored you. Hey, I helped you get where you are. And then you're going to turn your back on me? The thing they say about young boys becoming men is that they're going to fight for their independence. And this is only natural. It's only right. In other words, there's going to come a time in Lot's life where he's going to want to have his own business his own flocks, not dad's, not Uncle uh, Abram's. I want to have my own. Anybody been through this? Remember when you were a child? Remember when you were a teenager? I just want my own. I want my own car. I want my own apartment. I want to make my own rules. I want to make my own bedtime. Anybody been there? Now, what's the funny part? We don't understand when our kids do, right? Then our kids get to that age and they always want their own way. And all we have to do is rewind the clock in our head and go, hmm, what was I acting like when I was 18? Mom, I so love and appreciate everything that you do for me. And is this how we address? No, Mom, you don't know anything about anything. And I'm going to set you over here for about eight years in Ignorantville, right? And I'll come visit you Nine years from now. This is kind of how the whole thing works. A- Abram's raising Lot. He, Lot needs to be on his own. Now there's a cycle. This helps if you can get this model in your head. Dependence. Young child, dependent. I need you. I need you to clothe me. I need you to feed me. I need you to bathe me. I need you to do, do everything for me. And there's a slow journey from dependence to independence. And when they get to their teenage years, they just start pushing. Well, I guess it's starting at two, but anyway, uh, when they're really in earnest at 12, right? I can do it myself. I can do it on my own, please. And what we need to do is respect this as a part of the journey. See, I think the, the underlying thing is Abram could, he could respect lots growing up. He's becoming a young man. We need to respect this. Let him become a young man. Let him strike out on his own. Talk to him as an adult. Mm, There's the kicker. 
This is free for every, everybody. One of the hardest things to do is to change that conversation from I'm telling you to let's have a talk. I don't know if you caught that in the thread of this story, but now Abram's talking to Lot, and the conversation is different from parental, from authority to peer. Hey, let's not have any quarreling. Not you're going to do this and you're going to do that, but hey, I, I tell you one of the greatest things I've seen parents do with their kids is when they get to the right age and they change the way that they talk to them. Can we, can we have a conversation about this? And it's perceived by the child, this is two-way now. You have a voice here. But here's the reality, and we'll come back to it. You can just, this is free. You can just tell them at this age, you're fighting for your independence. But you're always, remember this, you're always going to need your mom. You're always going to need your dad. And your dad's always going to need you. Because what you're going through is this phase. It's called independence. But the reality is all of life is interdependent. Dependence, independence. And then when you mature, when I said they come back eight years later, interdependence. Hey, Mom, um, we're pregnant. Can you give me some advice? Hey, Mom, can you watch the kids? Hey, in other words, what you realize is you're always going to need the other person and the other person is always going to, what? Need you. We're all interdependent. We all need each other. And so you go through this phase. It wouldn't be long. We're about one chapter away from Lot realizing how much he needs Abram. He's going to get in his own sticky situation. He's out on his own, and right away things go bad for him. Hmm? Anybody ever seen this? With the, the kid moves out. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. And it ain't three months later, and they don't have it anymore. And this is exactly how this story goes. But I think one of the things that needs to happen is we just have to say, it's okay. Strike out on your own. They're not going to do it perfectly, but they're going to do it, and you start to change the way you relate to them. So what I just want to offer is this. Have conversations. When things get sticky, have conversations. Conversations are so much better than blow-ups. Second thing is this. In this story, and in Abraham's life, we learn it's important that you have your own relationship with God. You need to have your own personal relationship with God. Before this story, it starts with, it says, Abram, he builds an altar, right? He's always building an altar. He's always communicating with God and God with him. In the early part, right before this story launches, it says there, Abram built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. And then later in verse 18, at the end of this story, it's like bookmarks around the story of Lot. He builds an altar. He calls on the name of the Lord. In verse 18, he goes again, and he builds an altar. He calls on the name of the Lord. This is just what was a part of Abram's life. Now look here, dial in. Dial in. Because this is the part where if you're kind of a um, anti-church, anti-God, this is where you go, oh, of course he's going to say this because that's what he's supposed to talk. Listen, you need a relationship with God to help you 
with your relationships with other people. You need a relationship with God to help you in the sticky relationships with other people. Why? Because what Abram does in this thing shows that he has a trust or a confident relationship in God. There's a couple of verses, one's in 2 Chronicles, one's in the book of James that say, Abram and God were friends. What a great way to think about your relationship to God. Friends. And what do you do when you have a problem or a sticky situation? You call your, anybody? Call my friend. Hey, man, I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know what to do with this problem. I don't know what to, you call your friend. And obviously, this isn't Abram just, I got to quickly strike up a friendship with God so I can get out of this mess. It's an ongoing friendship that they have. They just talk all the time. And so when this sticky situation comes up, Abram has this relationship with God. And look what happens when you have a relationship with God. You have confidence. So there's this problem. It's a family problem. It's a business problem. It's, there's all kinds of difficulty here. And here is Abram's solution. I tell you what, Lot, this quarreling. Take a look out here. If you want to go this way, I'll go this way. Um, if you want to go this way, I'll go this way. Very mature of Abraham, right? What would allow someone to do that? See, to me, when you have a relationship with God, it builds confidence. What's the confidence? God will take care of it. God will take care of me. I don't need to micromanage everybody's decision and everything that they do and worry. Oh, they're going to get away with something. Oh, they're going to get ahead of me. Oh, there's not enough to go around. All the things that people panic and worry about. Why don't you take this way? Or you prefer, you can take this way. Lot chooses one way that looks appealing to him. We'll get into that decision later because it, 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 was a, it was a way that may have looked good on the outside, but maybe wasn't so good on the inside, you know, but as young people do. And Abram took the scraps. I'll take the scraps. I'll take what you don't choose. And they go their separate ways. And we will find them reuniting in a future chapter, but think of the wisdom of this decision. Abram wasn't letting Lot walk on him and say, well, you can just take it all and I'm a nobody. No, we're going to create a solution here. But you know what? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give deference to you. You pick the, the direction that you want. Do you see what happens when you have a relationship with God? It lets you relax. Why? God's going to take care of me. God's going to give me everything that I need. God's going to provide for me. It allows you, you know the old saying, let go and let God. Let go. He's not trying to influence him. I think this would be better for you. This, you just pick. One of the great problems we have as humans is we have this scarcity mentality. There's not enough. So I got to corner him in. I got to keep him under my wing. He just let him go. If you want this, take this. And God will take care of me. It's so freeing in your relationships 
when you start to believe that God is your friend and that God's going to take care of you. A lot of times I think the panic comes in our life and our relationships when we, you know, we worry too much. Well, what, if they get this, then what am I going to get? And if, if that happens, then what, what's going to be left for me? Instead, God's going to take care of it. God's my provider. God led me here in the first place. And remember this. No person, no person can take away what God has given and promised to you. So this story ends with God saying to Abraham again. He says, all right, Lot chose this way, which is the way towards what, what you will know, a story you know or have heard of, Sodom, Gomorrah. And, and so Abram takes Canaan, which becomes the promised land. And so he says to him at the end, now, Abram, look, look at this. It's like God goes, come here, look, look. As far as you can see, I want you to walk all over this land. I'm giving this to you. What we all need to fix our relationships with other people is reminders from God that he's going to take care of us. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. We know, but we need reminders. So again, and you'll see this happen over and over in Abraham's life, he gets a reminder. That's what we need, just to calm us down a little bit. If I were to say to you, do you know that God's ultimately your provider? You could go, yeah, I, I know that. But I need a few, what? I need some reminders. And these are the things that help us. They settle us down. Don't get too involved. Don't get too worked up. Here's what I want to close. Sometimes there are seasons in life. Do you guys realize about seasons of life? They're just seasons. I mean, for a while, it was, the season was, Abram, you take care of Lot. You got to raise him. You gotta, he's your boy. He's your, he's your guy. And then he's going to outgrow that. And the relationship needs to what? Change. And sometimes you're in a relationship or you're part of a business or you started something. And then it's going and it's growing. And then it's time to let it go. I was talking to a friend of mine who had a business. And he was telling me he went through this whole scenario. And he said, it was just, I just learned it was time to just let it go. It had boomed and it had grown and done all this thing. And all of a sudden, things in, the, in uh, the world changed, and it was just time. He's like, it was so wonderful, and I had all these great memories, and I wanted to hold on, but I realized I just had to let it, just let it go. So this was a season, and now the season was changing. It was time to let go of the season. So Abram could move into the next season of his life, and think about this for a minute. A big part of the promise of Abram's life is his family. He still doesn't have a son. I think letting go of Lot helped prepare him in his heart for the next thing that God had for him. How many of you know God has something in front of you, but you have to let go of the old thing? Huh? God's pre He's going to prepare your heart. You let go of this. Just let go of this. This is, it had a great season. It was a great run. Now I'm bringing you into a new season. I'm doing something new in your life. Don't, here's what I'm saying, don't miss out on the new thing that God's doing because you're holding on to the old. God's going to birth something new in Abram, something beyond what he could think or, as Paul wrote, imagine. This relationship, I'll close here, 
This relationship that Abram has with God, this friendship, it's foundational. It's not an auxiliary thing over here. And I think for us, we need to realize our relationship with God needs to be foundational, not auxiliary. I meet a lot of people who, you know, their church or their Christianity is something like, you, it's like a bolt-on. You know what I mean? It's like an add-on. Like I got my car and then, you know, I just, I just want to get like an air conditioner package added on. I want to just bolt on, but I'll, I'll take care of the main things. And, and that's not really how it works. Your relationship with God needs to be, it's a whole new vehicle. You scrap the old one and step in. God is a part of every part of your life. Because if God is there, like he was with Abram, he's always building an altar and calling on the name, building an altar. In other words, it's his own personal way of doing it, but it was a personal relationship that he had with God, and it sustained him. And then, this is what's key, from that, he could handle all the ups and the downs and the sticky situations in life. Someone will say, they're on the outside, or you have a daughter, son, I don't believe in all this, God stuff. Listen, everyone builds an altar to something. Everyone builds an altar to something. Everybody worships something. What you need to do is just figure out what you're going to worship in your life. Everybody does. They may not call it worship, they just call it spending time. They may call it, they may call it a hobby. It doesn't matter. Everybody worships. And so you just have to figure out in your life what is going to be the foundational part, the worship part of your life. And then, as you'll see in Abraham's story, God gets him out of another sticky situation, right? He lets his nephew go, and God takes him to a new place and opens his eyes again and says, Look, Abram, all that I have in store for you. You know what? God has good things in store for you. He really does. And sometimes it's, it's these sticky things that help us to let go so that we can move on to the next thing that God has for us. Look, life is a journey. Life is constantly moving, changing. So don't think of your life as a photograph. Think of your life as a movie. If you think of it as a photograph, you're going to be stuck trying to replicate and reproduce one one scenario or one Christmas that you had eight years ago, it just keeps moving. Just like Abram's life, just your life keeps moving. But through the highs and the lows and the sticky and the difficult and the challenging, God's with you. And God's always taking us to a better place, to a promised land, if you will. But we need to have that foundational relationship with him, that, that, that friendship relationship with him, so that we can keep communicating and stay calm and we don't have to worry and fret the things that come our way.